Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to the Football Fig Nut Podcast. Fig Nut Singular? That's right, you're stuck with me. I'm all alone. My name is Britt, and this is Season 7, Episode 9, number 284, if you're counting at home all along. Where's Craig? Everybody wants to know. Where's Craig? Oh, Craig got ill this evening, um, and uh, we didn't really have time to go grab anybody else, so we figured it would just be easier to give them the night off, let Craig relax, and so you're... You're stuck with me for week two, but we're going to get you set up for week two, um, just as we always would. I'll apologize in advance. I'm experiencing some post-nasal drip myself, so if you hear the occasional cough or the mic cut because I need to sneeze, that's on me. Apologize for that. I'm just not... I don't have that intricate of a setup at home without Craig here. He is our audio engineer for me to do away with those things. So if all of a sudden I cut out for a second, it's probably because I just muted the mic so I could sneeze. But uh, we are still going to get all the information that you need for this week, and let's get right down to it. So we're going to start where we always start, which is what are you drinking tonight? I am drinking diet soda, and the reason I am drinking diet soda is because I have Oktoberfest this weekend. That's right. Two Roads is hosting an Oktoberfest on Saturday, and I plan on going. I plan on eating German food. I plan on drinking German beer, and I plan on passing out in a German hat. Um... So, yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of hydrating and taking it easy. Oh, you can't drink diet soda and hydrate. I Trust me, I know nutritionists who sit there and say that's a total myth. Um, caffeine does take more water to clear your system than most beverages do. But at the same time, it's not a net negative, at least for the nutritionists I've talked to. They also have forwarded this by saying, you need to drink less water. You need to drink more water and less soda. The soda's not good for you. Hey, is it dehydrating? Well, not exactly. Okay, I'm fine then. Thank you. So we're drinking some diet soda tonight, and let's just jump right in because we got a ton going on, a very busy and a very profitable week one on my end. So let's just jump right into Burning Hot Takes. Okay, so uh, Burning Hot Takes. I got one submitted to me by a person I'm in the league with uh, whose uh, username at ChrisCoCat, um, and Crisco asked me, Lamar Jackson or Deshaun Watson this week? And that is really a difficult choice because I've never been big on either of these guys uh and that's historically I mean Lamar was Lamar but Lamar is I he said the guru said it this morning on fantasy football mornings on Sirius XM he's become just a guy his mobility isn't what it was he's become a pocket passer with a little bit of an avoidability but you're not going to get the big runs out of him like he used to get and that makes a huge difference like, there was a time where you could count on Lamar Jackson to run for 50 to 75 yards of a game pretty re- pretty reasonably. If he scrambles for more than 35 to 40 now, that's a good game for him. So that, that really changes the equation with him. But he is playing at Cincinnati. Cincinnati was embarrassed defensively last week by the, the Cleveland Browns and by Deshaun Watson. Was that because Cleveland had gotten their shit together? Or was it because Cincinnati wasn't quite there defensively? I think it's more likely that Cincinnati wasn't there defensively. Historically speaking, and, and you see this in the scores from this past weekend, many totals under 50 this this past week in week one. The defenses usually get a heads up. They're usually starting stronger. Teams aren't comfortable with formations yet. Um, and offensively, you see teams make mistakes. We saw that actually in the Jacksonville game. Trevor Lawrence... His numbers were okay, but they could have been significantly better. 
he he missed he missed some open passes. He made some bad decisions and missed some open receivers. He threw some passes he shouldn't have thrown in the wrong places, things of that nature. But I mean, I, I digress. The point that my point is, if the Cleveland Browns dominated the Cincinnati defense, that is more to me a problem with the Cincinnati defense than a sign that Cleveland's offense is all right. Cleveland has got weapons, kids. If you need me to tell you Nick Chubb is a weapon, then you're in the wrong classroom. You need want you need want fantasy 101 because we all knew Nick Chubb was going to be fantastic. Deshaun Watson was reliable. Their receiving core is very solid. Uh, I mean, Elijah Moore didn't even get all that many looks last week, and we all know he's going to be impactful in their system. But if I'm being honest with myself, Cleveland's victory over Cincinnati was a lot more about the Cleveland defense dominating the Cincy offense that, and the Cincy defense failing to show up. So, given that, I have to take a step back and say I don't think the Browns are where the Browns want to be yet. But they're also playing against the Steelers in a night game, a Monday night game. There's two Monday night games next week? Oh, that's nice. I'll look forward to that. So, I, I do you take Lamar Jackson against a Cincy defense? I, I think both these teams are on the road, right? Yeah, Cleveland is at Pittsburgh. Do you take do you take Lamar on the road against a defense that didn't show up, or do you take the guy on the road at Pittsburgh who def- defeated that same defense? For me, I'm gonna stick with Jackson. I think Jackson he is just a guy, but I think the Cincy defense will be better. But the Cincy secondary, even if Craig was here, he would tell you the Cincy secondary has never been well known for. I mean, he he was the happiest man on earth when Eli Apple left town. So. Um, so to answer the question in a long winding way, I would take Lamar Jackson, but I think you could go either way. The other thing you want to consider too, is that it's a Monday night game. And if you need to make a late switch, like Deshaun Watson pulls up, pulls a muscle walking to his car Saturday afternoon or Sunday morning, you might be in a rough spot to make the switch. So I, I kind of tend to avoid the Monday night games when I can. Um, and I think in this situation, I can, I would, I'd probably start Lamar Jackson. So we had one more burning hot take, and this one came from our contributor, The Cinch, who asked, the Bengals, Chiefs, and Bills all 0-1, the three teams that most folks thought would compete for the AFC Championship, all start off the week with a loss. Which one of those three could possibly go 0-2? So let's go ahead and take a look at the schedule real quick. My Chiefs are at Jacksonville. Okay, that's Jacksonville's... Good, but their offense isn't quite there yet, and Chris Jones is going to be back. I think the Chiefs are going to bounce back big time there. Uh, where are the Bengals? We just talked about the Bengals are playing, are, ho- are hosting the Ravens. I think the Bengals bounce back that game. I'm not worried about them at all. And then Buffalo. Where are the Bills? Why can't I see the Buffalo Bills anywhere on the schedule? Because you probably pass them. They're hosting the Raiders. Okay, the Raiders are flying cross-country. We've seen this a million times. Teams that come from the West Coast usually struggle with the time zone change. I And the Raiders are not that great of a team. The Bills were terrible looking the other night. They looked confused. Uh, Josh Allen made really terrible decisions. He threw three interceptions and lost a fumble. I it just it, That's not a normal night, and you're not going to see that from him a lot. I don't think the Bills have any issues against the Raiders this week. The Bills are eight and a half point favorites. I would absolutely take the Bills on the money line and sleep like a baby with it. The Chiefs and the Jaguars a little bit more interesting. It's going to be a high scoring game, I think. Um, But I do like the Chiefs to pull that one out. 
and I do believe that the Bengals will hold serve at home against the Ravens. If you told me I had to pick one to lose, I probably would say it's going to be the Chiefs because they're on the road at Jacksonville, and that makes a difference. The other two teams are hosting games, and the Bengals are hosting a divisional opponent, and you never want to touch divisional games in general. I just... I. When it comes to betting anyway, I, I dislike touching divisional games unless they absolutely have to. So I would say if anybody's, I think all three of those teams are going to win. I think the Bengals, Chiefs, and Bills all improved to one and one. But if I had to pick one that wasn't, it would probably be the Kansas City Chiefs. And that's hard for me to say because those are my guys. Which leads me to the what I'm going to, I wanted to talk about tonight instead of doing America's Favorite Game because obviously you can't host a game show and play it at the same time. So it's just going to be me. Um... Let's talk about what's valuable. First off, KC and Jaguars, that's an over-under of 51. So that's definitely a game I want to target. Colts-Texans is a 39.5. If you didn't already know that's a game you want to fade for fantasy purposes, there's your sign. And it's going to be a pretty split game. It's only a one-point spread. So they figure that game is going to be somewhere in the realm of 20-19. to If Anthony Richardson could stop taking hits, he could be very usable there. Because the Houston secondary is pretty terrible, and the Colts have no running game, so. Uh, but that's gonna be a, I, that's a game I would largely avoid if I could. Jets Cowboys is a thirty-eight and a half. Listen, kids, the Cowboys destroyed the Giants, and that is more about the Giants than it is the Cowboys. Every year we go through this. Cowboys have a hot start, or they get off to one big signature win early, and the Cowboy fans start sitting there screaming. We're going to the Super Bowl this year. We're going to the Super Bowl this year. And I respond with the same thing I say every freaking year. Only if you buy tickets. Because the Cowboys are not going to get to the Super Bowl. Although in the NFC being as weak as it is, maybe they could. I don't see it. And I don't. I, I think the Jets, the Jets obviously losing Rodgers is a huge blow. Huge blow. The Jets are a 9.5 point underdog. Do you think they're 9.5 points if Rodgers plays that first game? Do you th- isn't that more like a three-point, you know, Rodgers is probably worth six or seven points by himself on the spread, right? So I'm not big on the Cowboys at all, and I'm going to avoid the Cowboys because they're playing a much stronger defense this week. The defense from the Cowboys defense is no joke, okay? They are going to dominate the Jets in my opinion, and that, so I'm not going to touch any Jets either. I don't want any shares of Jalvin Cook. I don't want any shares of Brees Hall in DFS. I am not using anybody on that side of the ball because their offense is going to be terrible. And the only reason the Cowboy offense looked competent is because the defense freaking carried them last week. And now I'm sorry, I just angered all the Jets and Cowboy fans out there. But I both, I think both your teams have a lot of growing up to do. And this game could go either way. And either way, it's going to be low scoring. I think under 38 and a half is, is a really good place to be. Uh, another game to avoid is Commanders at Broncos. Yeah, there's one or two guys on either side you could use, but it's only a 39-point over-under. That usually, I think that one could come into the under as well. Dolphins-Patriots is only a 47. I'll take the over in that. I think uh, I think the Dolphins give up a lot of points. I think the Dolphins score a lot of points. And I think the more points get scored, the more the Dolphins try to score. Well, yeah, but that makes sense. If your defense gives up points, of course you're going to try and score. Yeah, I get it. But what I'm saying is the Dolphins don't run away with games. They don't win 40 nothing. But if they're going to get over 30 points, it's because they're within 10 points the entire time. They're not winning a game 30-7. to Okay? That's what I'm saying. They're not going to win a game 30-7. to 
What just happened to my spreads? Oh, it just kicked me out of the app. Okay, that's fine. We can we can do this the other way. Okay, so we just talked about where do we leave off? Uh, yeah, there is Dolphins Patriots. Okay, so I think that one's gonna. Be, I think that's gonna be an over. Actually, I think it's gonna be a close game. It's only a three point spread. Um, I, and I think the Dolphins win that game, but I don't think they blow the Patriots out. I think if the Patriots stay with them, then that's what drives that score up because that's how the Dolphins play. Saints Panthers is a forty. I'm gonna largely avoid. That game, yeah, well, yeah, you know, the Saints have weapons and Derek Carr looked okay. That's all true, but I'm still going to largely avoid it. And I am going to avoid Brown Steelers like the plague. Like the plague. I don't want any touch of that game. I, I, I know, I just got talking about Deshaun Watson look good and Nick Chubb is a stud. Okay, Nick Chubb in the right situation. But, you know, spoiler alert, Nick Chubb is probably one of the more expensive backs this week. Oh, I don't have him in the, the metric because it's main only this week. But, um, yeah, I, I'm not going to touch that game at all. At all. So, all right. So there's there's what we will substitute this week for America's favorite game. With Craig's absence, we'll get back to doing that the right way next week. I just also want to take some time and talk about the overreaction train. Because this is something I warn, warn about every year. Not to overreact to what's going on out in week one. But every year, there's somebody, uh, Puka Nakua. I hope I'm saying his name right because honestly, other than hearing his name as a late round flyer in certain formats, I had not heard much about this kid at all. Um, and, you know, I listened to a lot of guys talk and I heard his name once or twice as people were like, oh, he's a late rounder, late rounder, late rounder. And then all of a sudden, Cooper Cup goes down, and his name still isn't getting up. We're hearing Van Jefferson. Pick up Van Jefferson in all formats. Van Jefferson here, Van Jefferson there. Tyler Higby becomes a hot start all of a sudden. But this kid comes out, and he just dominates week one. So everybody and their mother rushes to pick him up. I'm not going to overreact on this. I'll admit, where he was available, I put in waiver claims on him for about 5 maybe 10 bucks. But I heard uh, stories, and he went in my home league for 25 um, no, so he was drafted for 25 in my work league. He went for 25 and I was like, no, I'm not wasting a quarter of my fab budget on the entire season on one guy after one week of him performing well. That's insane to me. Now, if it's a situation where it's somebody I know is going to perform well or the opportunity has changed, but Cooper cup is going to return eventually. I mean, at least we think he is right. We haven't heard anything that says to us he is going to be out all year. And as long as that is the case, then Puka's target share is going to continue to reduce as soon as he gets back. So we don't want to overspend there. And I feel like people did overspend there. And that's the overreaction. It is absolutely okay to go out and add somebody like Puka Nakua to your roster after the week he just had. But don't blow your whole fab on it. I mean, seriously, 25? I heard one guy use 35 bucks. No, no. Brandon Ayuk, it's not a sleeper. It's not a shocker. I think um, those of you who listen to me during the offseason know I was a big Brandon Ayuk. I've always been a fan of the San Francisco passing game. I just, even when Jimmy G was there, I feel like they're, you know, they had too many weapons. And this is the thing. So I think Brandon Ayuk is the real deal. But what I will say is don't be shocked on those weeks where it's a Debo week. Don't be shocked when Debo gets three or four more targets and has. 20 or 30 more yards or has that long touchdown run. You know, there's going to be a lot of weeks 
where Ayuk is going to draw a lot more attention than um, than Debo will. And as a result, Debo is going to feast. So, you know, just be be aware that those things are going to happen. But I do think that um, Brandon Ayuk has lined up for a very, very nice year. And I'm very excited to see where he goes with it. Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony, and the Chiefs. Okay, these are three people I just lumped together, but they're really three separate questions. Should you panic on Sky Moore? No. But Sky Moore is not going to ever have a Tyreek Hill style role in this offense. If you thought that he, but Juju was gone and it's now it's Marquez Valdez scaling, the Chiefs are going to spread the ball around. Okay. Travis Kelsey is going to lead this team in receptions. If he gets healthy and stays healthy, he's going to lead this team in targets and receptions because that's the style of offense they play. The first seven passes that Patrick Mahomes threw last Thursday night went to seven different receivers. So Sky Moore is not going to feast. Part two is Sky Moore is dropping balls that he should catch. One or two balls last week. I saw, yeah, he leapt for one of them and it went over his head. He had to go up in the air for it. Yeah, but you've got to make those catches if you want to be the man. It hit him in the hands. It was over his head. He jumped for it. He got both hands on it, and then it promptly went through his hands. So I'm not panicking yet on Sky Moore. If somebody makes you a decent offer, like a wide receiver two quality player for Sky Moore, go ahead and do it. But don't pull the emergency cord yet on Sky Moore. There's st- so much time left to go. We can't sit here and panic just because one bad game. Which leads me to Kadarius Tony. Absolutely done with Kadarius Tony on my end. What I saw out of Sky Moore was some, I don't know how to describe it, maybe jitters, maybe a little bit of um, opening day, oh my God, we're the defending Super Bowl champions and we're not, this game isn't being blown out the way I thought it was going to be, kind of like hard route. Kadarius Tony dropped a ball that hit him in the hands while he was wide open by five to 10 yards in the fourth quarter. With the game on the line, he found himself completely open, standing there, watching the ball come directly to him, and he dropped it. That is different. That is a thousand times different than we're talking about with Sky Moore. Kadarius Toney ran a crossing route behind James Ritchie and could not pick up the ball when he came out the other side of it. It hit him in the chest, and he dropped it. Well, yeah, but he was screened by James Ritchie. That is a designed play. That screen is intentional. He knows he's going to be running behind Ritchie. He knows he's only going to have a second to pick up the ball. And he knows he's going to be one of the first two or three options in that play because of the way it's drawn up. If he was not going to be the primary receiver, he'd be the guy running the shallower route and Ritchie would be the guy coming uncovered and behind him. So that that's so Kadarius Tony is absolutely dead to me. I uh, and I say that as a Chiefs fan, I say that as a fantasy owner, he has got to get out of his own head. Has got to get out of his own head. Now that being said, Mahomes says he's still got faith in him, and Mahomes is a long-term guy. Mahomes is not the kind of guy who sits there, he's not Aaron Rodgers, where he starts holding grudges because you didn't perform well in one or two weeks. So I expect the Chiefs to go to him a lot this week to try and unravel that jitters. But let me say this. If they target Kadarius Toney, first off, Kadarius Toney is absolutely getting targeted on the first drive. 
probably even the first drop back. If you can put a dollar on Kadarius Tony catching the first pass on the on, on the first possession of a Chiefs game, do it because there's a very good chance they're going to go right after him <clears throat> to try and make a point that this is their guy. Very good chance. But that being said, if he goes three targets and only one reception for five yards or no receptions, they are absolutely going to put his ass on the bench because there are too many options here. Sky Moore, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, James Ritchie, uh, what's his name, Watson. Is it Derek or Joshua? I always forget his name. I used him in fantasy this week, by the way. He was 200 bucks. He scored me six points. He's only 200 bucks. Maybe it was four points. Either way, that's ex- insane value. Saving money there by using just, I think it's Justin Watson. I'm, I'm always, it's my own team, and I can't remember the guy's first name. That's a who's that guy moment. By using Watson, I save enough money to use both Tyree Kill and Brandon Ayuk. And it cleaned up. And it cleaned up. So, you know, again, those value plays, if you, well, yeah, but it's only six points, but it only cost me 200 bucks. And the upside on the other guys was way bigger than I would have used if I had used two mid-range guys. So, yeah, so so I am in on Sky Moore. I am still, I am out on Kadarius Tony. And the Chiefs are going to be the Chiefs. There's always two or three games a year where you're like, what the hell is this team doing? I think they'll bounce back this week. But Jacksonville is a tough opponent. And Jacksonville's hungry. Jacksonville, if they get their shit together compared to last week, they could make some noise. Brock Purdy comes out and does a fantastic job. Talking about Brandon Ayuk earlier. Brock Purdy, I think as long as he stays healthy, he's the real deal. Why people can't stay healthy in San Francisco boggles my mind boggles my mind something about that place it's jinxed but you know if he stays healthy he's fine the cowboys i talked before about this when i was talking about uh the over-unders this week i'm not sold on the cowboys am i selling the cowboys no but if i've got guys on my roster in that if i've got Dak or i've got tony pollard i'm listening to offers because their value is still really high and if i know anything about cowboy fans it's this the Cowboys love them Cowboys. And meaning they will allow their their love of the team to bleed into their fantasy decisions. I have seen this a million times in leagues, particularly with average to casual players. Oh, you're going to send me Tony Pollard? All you want back is Christian McCaffrey? Well, you know, Christian McCaffrey's really good, but Pollard's my boy. Let's go. Wahoo! How about them Cowboys? It happens. It happens. So I am I am listening to offers on everybody on my roster who who calls the Cowboys home. Trevor Lawrence, like I said before, had some errant passes, made some eh decisions. He got away with it last week. Not selling on him or anyone on this Jaguars team. Tank Bigsby scored a touchdown. He looked okay in his limited touches. Travis Etienne looks like he is going to actually be a bell cow back. Love them both. I want to use them every week in fantasy, but I love having them both on my uh, roster. Najee Harris, not panicking yet. The Steelers are bad. Breaking news. Kenny Pickett is not good. The Steelers are not good, but Najee Harris is decent, and I'm confident he's going to kind of rise above there. So those are the folks that I'm hearing a lot of chatter about in week one, about people that are buying, selling, don't panic. Don't panic. Stay the course. You had a plan Execute your plan and make moves when they are the right moves, not because you've watched one game. If we're having the same conversation in week three, 
Sky Moore has three bad weeks, if Najee Harris has three bad weeks, maybe then you start talking about making some moves. Not right here, not right now. So, all right, let's have a quick sip of soda over here because I've been talking now nonstop for 25 minutes. Man, this is harder to do when you're by yourself. Really is. But we need to get Craig some rest. So, all right, so let's move on. What's next on our agenda? Next on our agenda is The Source Speaks. Last week, if you listen to this podcast, The Source picked three games, and then I picked I picked one and Craig picked one, and all five of those teams hit their money line. If you bet that for just $5 on freaking DraftKings, you returned over 50 bucks. So I went back to The Source this week, and I said, the pressure's on, man. Who do you like this week? And he's like, I like the money line for three teams. He said, and I'm going to put these into a bet as we're speaking. So give me a second. He said the Saints. So he likes the, where, where are we? We talked about the Saints just a few minutes ago. Where the heck are they on my list? Man, I got to get these things printed out so they're easier to see, huh? I probably went by it three times already here. The, Saint, the Saints do play football this week, don't they? Jeez. We just talked about them. I'm not sold on it. Well, they're a Monday night game. So Monday night, New Orleans at Carolina. He likes the money line. Then he likes the Cowboys money line. Oh, I, I don't know. I mean, there's, but the Jets are pretty, the Jets are in pretty rough shape. And then he likes the San Francisco 49ers. If you put those three into a basic parlay on DraftKings right now, it's plus 157. And those are all negative Money lines. The Cowboys are minus 455 right now. The Niners are minus 355 right now. And the Saints are minus 155. So you get them to plus 157. A $10 bet there will net you 25.72. Is it huge? No. Is it interesting? Yeah. So as we did last week, I'm going to take a quick look and I'm going to add one one line to this bet. And I think. Dolphins Patriots is very interesting. I'm not touching Commanders Broncos. I'm not touching Giants Arizona. Not touching Colts Texans. Packers Falcons is really intriguing to me. I'm not going to touch Bears Bucks. I know the Bucks looked good last week, but I'm not touching Bears Bucks. I'm t- Tennessee and LA. The Chargers is kind of eh. Ravens Bengals eh. Lions Seahawks is really interesting. But you know what? I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take the path of least resistance. I'm gonna take the Buffalo Bills. So if I add the Buffalo Bills to that parlay and make it a 14 parlay, it is plus 222, and that makes a ten dollar payout 32.23. Not huge money, but it's a it's a reasonable one. It's a reasonable parlay. Actually, would love to do that. I might round robin that too. That's that's a really nice four. Uh, I could do a three pick round robin there really nicely. So. I round robin those games last week too, and that paid off really well too because I hit all, all every round robin. All five of the bets worked out. So it was a three out of five. It was fine. So uh, so that's what the source is talking about this week. He's saying the Saints, the Cowboys, the 49ers money line are his favorite picks of the week. And that is the source speaks. I'm gonna start calling it that now from now on, because he's like some sort of mystical oracle that nobody ever sees or hears from. So why the hell not? All right, so we're moving right along this week, seeing as it's just me. I know it's going to be a little bit of probably a little bit of a shorter episode tonight, but that's okay. We'll have Craig back next week, and everything will be back to normal. Um, feels like I've been talking for two hours, and it's only been about 28 minutes. <laughs> it's kind of crazy 
how the time flies when it's just you doing this, but here we are. So let's move on to the metric. The metric had a reasonably good week last week. I hit on a number of bets. Um, I'm trying to remember who who did we endorse last week that really actually came through. Hold on. Oh, that's the wrong one. All right, I don't have it in front of me. That's that's my fault. But um, I cashed in DFS. I broke even in DFS, and I made a, a most of my I'm all my money I made last week in sportsbook. But DFS broke even, and so that was a, was a decent week. So, so went back to the source that uh, the source went back to the metric this week, and I said let's talk value. And the metric said if you want value, I got nine names in the quarterback ranking. That's all going to be three X, and I was like holy crap. And it led the list with Brock Purdy at 5,700. After the week they just had, he's only 5,700? Well, I mean, it's at the Rams. That's not that far. They got they could drive there the night before. Stay over in a hotel room and be fine. You know what I mean? So 5,700, I got him slated for about 20 points. I think he could actually go over that, particularly if the Rams decide to try and keep it a close game. And the Rams looked actually pretty good last week, didn't they? They won that game, didn't they? I'm drawing a blank. This is what happens with me. Every week to week becomes like a... Yeah, they beat the Seahawks 30-13. to 13. So, you know, I think uh, I think that could be a closer game. And I think that uh, Brock Purdy is a decent play at 5,700. If you want to go a little more chalk, you could go 6,200 with Jared Goff. I've got him pegged for 22 points, which puts him at about 3.5x. That's an easy one. I, the highest scoring guy of the week I have is Josh Allen, but he's 7,900. I think Vegas is going to give up a lot of yards, and I just think he's going to be looking for vengeance. I don't think you're going to see another performance out of uh, Josh Allen. I'm calling for three touchdowns um, and, and, and maybe even a rushing touchdown for Josh Allen this week. Guys, I'm avoiding. Uh, is Tune going to start in Arizona? Really? No, he's he's got a zero next to him. I'm avoiding Justin Fields. Chicago still looks lost. I had so much hope they were going to look better. I'm just, they're not. Uh, I'm avoiding Dak Prescott. I'm avoiding Josh Dobbs. Zach Wilson at Dallas. That defense is stifling. Stifling. Would not touch him to save my life. I was pleasantly surprised by Jordan Love last week, by the way. And they're at Atlanta Um, so, you know, who knows, but I thought Jordan Love looked okay in his debut. Anthony Richardson, I like the kid, but he's 6,300 and I've got him a point or two less than Brock Purdy. Why the hell would I pay an extra $600 more for two points less? Brock Purdy at 5,700 is absolutely the guy I'm going to be using this week. When I go over and look at running backs, there's nobody over 3k, but there are two really reliable names at the top of it. The first one is Brees Hall. He's at 5,900. The second one is Derrick Henry. He's at 7,400. Now, wait a minute, Britt. You just said you weren't going to touch anybody in the Jets-Dallas game. Yeah, you're probably right. But at 5,900, I might have to go after Brees Hall. Um, I've got him pegged for about 18 points. He's going to be close to the 3X line. He's not going to get quite there, but he's going to be close. He needs about 21 points. He's going to get to about 18 so he's usable. If there's somebody you like better, then go ahead and use them. Some people are saying use Damian Pierce because he's only 5,600. He's going to get about 14, 15 points. Okay. Christian McCaffrey. But Christian McCaffrey's not almost nine grand. He's 8,900. So if I'm looking for somebody for a team, a game that's going to matter and a game where I think there's going to be production, but I don't want to spend huge money, I could go up to 6,900 and get Travis Etienne. 
Um, if I want to stay under 5K, probably Rashad White. Rashad White's only 5,500. I've got him pegged for about 13 points. Tyler Algier is also in this exact same boat, 13 points for $5,500. Um, I, I like either of them. I'm not in the Bijan Robinson train. I know so many people are, and they're not wrong. I'm just not there. Uh, Saquon Barkley is $8,000, but if he gets over 15 points, I'll be shocked. I, I, I think we learned this week that Bijan is not a fran- uh, Bijan, that Saquon is not a franchise back. He's just not. He's just not a franchise back. So, so I'm going to be looking for a balanced approach. I'm going to want to try and have some shares at Derrick Henry because I think he's going to do pretty well against the Chargers defense at, at home. Um, and I think there's a pretty good chance he gets a touchdown and he might get over 100 yards, so he might outperform the 20 points I've got him pegged for. But I, I, I'm going to try. But if I use him, I'm going to probably have to pay down. And I'm looking at guys like Rashad White if I have to do that. All right, moving on to wideout. We're almost done here, kids. The metric has no value plays in um, the wide receiver range. But the closest guy they have is Brandon Ayuk at 5,800. Really? 5,800 for Brandon Ayuk after what he just did? I'm on Ross St. Brown's at 7,800. Stefan Diggs is at 8,000. Jamar Chase is at 7,900. Ayuk only gets 5,800, so I'll be using Brandon Ayuk all day long, and I will sleep like a baby. I think he's going to have probably six or seven targets. He's probably looking at about 80 or 90 yards. You know, I mean, and the only thing you could think is, well, they can't cover him and Debo, but Debo's going to streak down the field, and that's going to give Ayuk the opportunity to get open. That's why I really like that. Um, if I'm looking to pay a little bit more mid-range, but not go up to an AK. Oh, so, so Josh Reynolds against Seattle looks really good, and he's only 3,700, but I've only got him pegged for 11 points. So that's why it's not really a great play. He's going to be small time, but he might be the guy, the cheap guy you use. You use him, balance out elsewhere. It could work. Uh, Calvin Ridley. I was never on the Calvin Ridley train, but I think I'm starting to get, I'm starting to get on board. I think I'm starting to get on board the Calvin Ridley chain, but 7,200, he's still a little too expensive for me. Uh, Puka Nakua is only 4,900. I just don't know how well he's going to do against San Francisco. We're going to see if he was a one-and-done deal. Romeo Dobbs is a really good choice at 4,800. He's going to score probably about 11 points. I'm looking for, like, super value plays right now. Mike Evans, 14 points, 6,200. Okay, it's at least 2K, but it's not quite 3K. Um... I'm just looking down this list, man. It is slim pickings because when you get to the good names, when you get to the guys who are going to score 18, 19 points, they're all over 7K. So it's hard. Rasheed Rice at 3,800 is probably worth a flyer. He's a name I forgot when I was listing off Kansas City receivers before, but Rasheed Rice is going to have to get some balls. So T. Higgins, 6,400. I'm not big on T. Higgins this year. I am much more of a Boyd person than Higgins, but we'll see what happens. Uh, guys like Devontae Adams. I'm avoiding Devontae Adams this week at 7,600. He is too high priced for me to consider him a possibility. Same thing with C.D. Lamb at 7,700. Um, just scrolling down the, the list a little bit more and the guys I have. Um, yeah, so now I'm, I'm getting into guys like Nicole Hardman and stuff like that, and I'm not even interested in him or Isaiah McKenzie. So my approach this week is going to be probably mid-range. I'm probably going to use a lot of shares of Brandon Ayuk a couple of shares of Josh Reynolds, and that's going to allow me to pay up for an Amon Ross St. Brown, a Stefan Diggs, or a Jamar Chase. Um, if I have to pick one of the three, it's probably Amon Ross St. Brown. 
because he's $200 cheaper than Diggs, and I have him pegged for almost the exact same total at 22 points. So, yeah, so I'm going to take a different approach this year, this week, with wide receivers. I went super cheap with one and then paid up for the others. I'm probably looking to keep my first two in like the three dollars to $5,000 range and then buy one big boy at 7 k Tight end. Tight end is a skank position. There is very little out there, and I could not find enough people who think Travis Kelsey is going to play to actually give him a projection. So I didn't project Kelsey this week. I just couldn't find... Same thing with Mark Andrews. I could not find enough data out there from other sites to say, we think these guys are going to play. Here's what they're going to do. So I just left them off the list. I don't know what else you can do there. Um, And guys who I think are going to be good, Darren Waller, well... Darren Waller kind of disappeared as the entire giant offense did. He's 5,500. I wouldn't touch him. Tyler Higby, I might have some shares of at 4,600. Sam Laporta was impressive for Detroit. I liked him a great deal. Um, And he's 3,900. So I'm definitely going to have some shares of him. I'm also going to look at some shares of Evan Ingram because he might be the only guy in this list right now who gets over 10 points next week. I've got him slated for 12 and at 4,800. That feels like a lot. If you want to go cheaper than that, you can look at guys like Dawson Knox at 3100, Laporta's 3900. Um, but I mean realistically, you're looking at about 4k unless you want to take a flyer on somebody like a Noah Fant at 2900 or an Austin Hooper at 2800. But I just don't think there's value there. I just I think you're going to have to pay about 3 to 4k to get a decent guy. Irv Smith Jr. isn't isn't a bad option. I know he was terrible last week, but he it, he's had a week to warm up. He's getting into that Cincinnati groove. I think he could be a reasonable uh, asset for them at points during the season. And this Baltimore game feels like one where it could. I've got him slated only for seven points, but I think he could beat that. He gets more than three targets. He could get up there. Now, the question is, do you have faith that he'll get those more than those three or four targets? If you don't, then you got to avoid him. But... If not, I, I mean, if you can spend $3,200 on Irv Smith and he gets you seven or eight points and that allows you to spend up at running back because there's so little value at running back or it allows you to buy that the extra couple hundred bucks to make sure you can fit in the really good receiver, why wouldn't you do it? I mean, it's about building the best lineup that's going to score you points. 150 was the magic number. I think the I think I, I think I cashed half of my lineups cashed under 135 this week. Because I, I had some lineups that only got to like 134 and they cashed. So the cash lines were down this week as offenses were struggling to find their footing. So you don't need the home run 200 point lineup if you want to cash in a lot of the double ups right now. You just need to have something reliable. So go get that what's reliable and, and, and go from there. Speaking of reliable in defense, Dallas Cowboys. I've got him slated for 11 points. I've got a 60% chance of a touchdown. Well, that's not right. No, sorry. 40% chance of a touchdown for them. I love them this week, but they're $4,000. I don't want to pay that much money. Well, the metric actually really likes the, the Vegas Raiders at 2200 but I'm not touching them on the road at Buffalo after Buffalo had such a miserable outing. Who I do like, I love the Green Bay Packers at Atlanta, $3,000. I'll figure it's somewhere between six to eight points there. Granted, six points is only 2x, but I just, I feel like this is, I feel like the 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 
Falcons are still trying to get their feet underneath them. They're still trying to see what they have in Ritter. They're really run-oriented. So I think the Packers might be able to contain them a little bit and keep that score low. If I'm looking for other defenses that might step up, I could take a flyer on the Cardinals at 2,600. They're at home against the Giants, and the Giants' offense looked woeful. The question is, I'm sitting here saying Buffalo is going to rebound. Do we think the New York Giants can rebound this week? Because if you think they can, then 2,600 is a bargain. And if you don't have faith in them, what about the Jets? The Jets are going to Dallas. And I just spent time telling you, I don't think the Dallas Cowboys are really that good. I really don't. They beat the Giants 40-0. Well, they beat the Giants 40-0. They beat the Giants 40-0 because they made defensive plays that put them out front early and they cruised on their defense. Just saying. Defenses to avoid. The New York Giants are $3,800. I have no idea why. I don't have any honest, earthly reason why they should be over $2,000. Well, that's that's too low. Over $2,500. Are they better than the Raiders? No. And the Raiders are cheaper. Are they better? Who else is under $2,500? That's it, really. Oh, $2,300. The Rams? Are they better than the Rams defense? No. Not even close. Hell, the Bears defense is only $2,800. And the Bears aren't that good. So, yeah, I'm avoiding the Giants defense at all costs. If, you know, and I I hesitate because I, on paper, it looks like a great decision to me. But when I look at the numbers, the metric doesn't like it. The Bills are only $3,700 at home against Vegas. The metric says five to eight points. That feels really low to me. I think that Buffalo is going to come out hot at home after losing that first game. I think they're going to dominate them. The question is, is the defense going to dominate them? That's the part I don't know. But if you think the Bills defense is going to be dominant over Vegas, which I can't disagree with if you think it, I won't be shocked if this goes either way. I really won't. But I think the Bills are going to win this game and they're going to win it big. But I, I the, the, the Bills could have a very quiet, win that game like 28-7, to 7, and the Bills defense could play poorly and not, and not produce enough fantasy points. So... Do what you think is best there. So so just to recap, there's a ton of value at quarterback. I like, like Brock Purdy. I'm going to try and use him as much as possible. I like guys like Derrick Henry and Travis Etienne as mid-upper range guys in running back, which means I need to save at wide receiver, which means I'm looking at guys like Brandon Ayuk, Josh Reynolds, and if that allows me to buy up for one of the big three or four guys, I'll do so. Tight end, it's a total crapshoot. So I'm spending down at tight end as much as I humanly can. I won't be spending more than $3,500 on tight end. And if I can get away with it, I'll be spending less than $3,200. And then defense, there's just so many cheap options here. You really just want to use defense this week to round out your options. And believe it or not, folks, I have somehow managed to talk my way through an entire show. Oh my God, is this exhausting. How do the guys like on sports radio do this every day? Like legit, like Jeff Radcliffe, or um, I'm trying to think of who else does a solo show. There's a bunch of guys who do solo shows out there. Uh, John Hansen sometimes does a solo show. I, I don't understand how those guys get through, oh my God, all by themselves. But, uh, which leads us to final thoughts. It's week two, guys. I, if your week one was a bomb, sorry. My Chiefs lost and I still managed to turn it into a really good fantasy week on both daily and season long. I'm very happy with what my, how my fantasy teams went. I think I lost one game. Um, and more importantly, my dynasty team 
got off to a really good start. And that's impressive just because my dynasty, historically dynasty, I'm very bad at. So, um, so yeah, definitely make sure that uh, you, you go out there and, and, and enjoy week two. And don't panic is where I was going with this. Don't panic if you still have faith in the guys. If they didn't play well last week, but you still trust your guys, you can still trust your guys. If there are guys you got stuck with that you don't want anymore, start talking about them on the trade wire. See who's out there, but don't go selling low after one week. Give it a couple of weeks. Give it time to find out where you are and trust your process. Just like I trust you guys to leave us a review. Wherever you listen to us out in the podcast universe, there's a place to leave us a review. And we would really appreciate it if you would because it really helps the podcast out. Also, if you want to reach out to us, I had a couple folks give us some really good burning hot takes this week. You can reach us. We are at, we are fignutsdfs at gmail.com via snail mail, electronic snail mail. Get it? That's funny because everything else is instant these days, like Twitter. I'll never call it X. At fignutsdfs on Twitter. And we're also the Football Fignuts Podcast on Facebook. Wow, guys, I'm exhausted. I'm going to go take a big, long nap because tomorrow is, well, when you're hearing this, it'll be today, but tomorrow is Thursday, and Thursday night we've got Vikings-Eagles. I am looking forward to this game because I really need to see these two teams in action. Um, after I mean, I watched the Eagles game last week, but I need to watch the Vikings because I still can't understand why this team isn't better they are so talented they've got they've got weapons at almost every position they still continue to struggle and i don't understand it other than to say their quarterback makes bad decisions that's the only thing i've somebody was making a joke that he's got tiny hands his hands have been shrinking every year maybe that's the case i need to see it and we will get a chance to see it tomorrow night so i'm looking forward to that god willing craig will be back next week and we will uh start wrapping up week three or start working on week three right away uh until we speak with you guys next time my name is Britt. We are the Football Fig Nuts Podcast, and I hope you guys have a great week. Hi, Deb. Welcome to Cinch in a Truck, the home edition. I'm not in my truck today. I'm home right now. So as you know, the NFL is back. And man, is it nuts. The Bills lost. The Bengals lost. Everybody lost. All the good AFC teams lost. And of course, you know by now, Aaron Rodgers ruptured his Achilles tendon. He's done for the year. Well, this reminds me of a story, kids. Let Uncle Cinch tell you. The year was 2001. 9-11 had just happened. 22 years ago, the Patriots, a nobody team who never won anything, were playing the Jets, and Mo Lewis destroyed the quarterback, Drew Bledsoe, rupturing something in his kidney or lung. I don't know. I can't remember. He was hurt real bad. So they had to go to this kid on the branch. I think his name was Tim Brody or something. Some kid from Michigan. He couldn't even be the starter in Michigan. So anyway, they bring this guy Brody in. Long story short, they went on, won the Super Bowl, and we all learned his name was Tom Brady. And that's how legends are made. So, Zach Wilson, part two, the sequel, hang in there, Jets. You never know.
I mean, we know, but, you know, buck up, little, little guy. Hang in there. That's it. Thanks for joining me.